If you're a Pelicans fan, you should not care at all if Brandon Ingram plays poorly for Team USA or if he can't adapt to being more of a role player. I'll explain why in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday. Yeah, it's a holiday and we are still coming to you because I want to talk about Brian Ingram in Team USA and do that for the first two segments of today's show. Then we'll get into Jonas Valanciunas. But really about Brandon Ingram's play and why, honestly, I got zero concerns about whether he's starting, whether he's benched, whether he's playing well or not, and I'll explain why. And then we got to do this yearly, apparently, which is fine. Gives me something to talk about, about his fit with Zion Williamson. So, of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are free, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to support the channel, become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. Right now, for about two more weeks, three more weeks, we're going to be Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, live show, 7 p.m. I already have the show for Wednesday planned out. Going to be around Zion Williamson. You're not going to want to miss that one, how he can have a very big season this coming year. And for your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints. Everything black and gold season starts this coming weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you catch up to date with everything black and gold with Ross Jackson. So Brandon Ingram is not playing well, and that's probably putting it mildly, for Team USA. You know, had been starting, got dropped to the bench, and had his best game yet in the loss to Lithuania, but just hasn't been like Brandon Ingram. You know, he's only had one double-digit scoring game, and when you look at a lot of the numbers around him, he's arguably one of the worst players in terms of efficiency on this Team USA squad. So what's that say about him? Is he struggling? Is it bad? Is he just not who we thought he was? And I'm here to tell you, none of this matters. Nothing of the stats about him at all with Team USA matters. It actually, there's something in my mouth there, gets, makes a lot of sense too. And this is something that I always look at when players struggle, or like anyone struggles in anything. I actually tell this to people at like my full-time day job of like if something happens or you don't meet a requirement, a metric, whatever, can you kind of like explain what happened? Like, does it make sense? Were there things outside of your control with all of this? If there were, it's probably going to be okay. And that's the way I kind of view Brandon Ingram right now and his quote unquote, right, air quotes, struggles with Team USA. Role matters. And on this team, the way they're doing things, partially because they've been winning and Team USA hasn't looked like amazing, right? Brandon Ingram is a role player. You have Jalen Brunson who dribbles the heck out of the balls trying to run the offense as the point guard in the starting lineup. And then you have Anthony Edwards as a scoring two guard, the guy who needs to take a lot of shots to get going and do his thing. And he certainly did against Lithuania. You know, he was the only guy to be above 20 points 
at 35. He took 26 shots to get there. The next closest person was Jalen Brunson taking 10 shots. That's 36 shots between those two guys, with the majority of them being Anthony Edwards. There's just not a ton of room for Brandon Ingram, particularly in that starting lineup when the offensive focal points are basically those two guys, in a sense. So Brandon Ingram getting benched in place of Josh Hart, I think makes a ton of sense. Josh Hart is a role player. Brandon Ingram, in general, when you're just looking at them in the NBA, is not a role player. And I love Josh Hart. Zero points, though, in that game. He took one shot. And he can do that with the starters because that's not what he's there to do. That's not what he does in the NBA level either. He's much more of a role player, and that's not a negative thing than Brandon Ingram is, who's the focal point of the offense. So when you start to look at role and fit, yeah, this just doesn't work with Brandon Ingram. You know, Brandon Ingram, even on, you know, just with the way he plays anywhere, doesn't need to be a role player. He's a scorer. He's a playmaker. That's not what Josh Hart is. So when Josh Hart goes into the starting lineup, there's just a more natural fit for the type of player that he is. And I've seen this be criticized, you know, use this criticism against Brandon Ingram. I don't think it's particularly fair or correct. You don't want to minimize Brandon Ingram. You know, a lot of the criticism is he's got to learn to adapt to work with off, off the ball and things like that. Not necessarily, to be perfectly honest. This is like when people say Zion needs, needs a jumper. And more on that in Wednesday's show. But if you're trying to change who he is as a player, you're minimizing him as a player and you're making him a worse player. We don't need to worry about that when it comes to Brandon Ingram. And when you're looking at this, the importance is how is he going to play with the Pelicans, not with Team USA? Hey, he's a guy that likes the ball in his hands. He wants to go and create and try and score and shoot from mid-range. There's certain things we can criticize about that. He's going to do all that on the Pelicans and doesn't need, you know, if it doesn't fit with Team USA, it just doesn't fit with Team USA. Having him stand on the three-point line and just be a spot-up shooter isn't the best use of his skill. So putting him with the second unit where he could play make a little bit more and do things like that, I do believe was a better fit for him. And he started to play better these final, these last two games when the team has, you know, put him into that kind of role, I think. Had 10 points the other day in that loss to Lithuania. That's okay. So I don't look at this as a shot against Brain Ingram. It's just kind of a miscasting and they're trying to kind of find the right way to do it. Look, if you just need someone to space the court and shoot threes, it's not Brain and Ingram. I think he's a bit of an underrated three-point shooter, but it's not Brandon Ingram for his career and his numbers. There are other players you can put out there that do that better than him. So don't put Brandon Ingram in that role. Use him to his strengths. You know, 39% from three last season, 27, or sorry, 27, 32.7 the year before, right? If you need a, a three-point shot, it's not Brandon Ingram you're looking for or that you're going to go to. So put that guy that hits those three-pointers better out there on the court and don't stress about it being Brandon Ingram. You don't want him miscast or kind of playing the wrong kind of role. That's the way I kind of view it with all of this. Him just being a spot-up shooter, just doing whatever. No, that's not what makes Brandon Ingram great. So if you're going to play Brandon Ingram, make let him be great. That's kind of the key and the point that I'm trying to make all this and why I'm not really stressed about his struggles or even if he looks miscast, right? And you're like, oh man, he can't adapt. I don't care if he adapts to Team USA basketball or not. I want him playing the best version of himself for the Pelicans and that's the type of player that he is that we've seen from him. 
And before you say, well, he needs to adapt while on the Pelicans because Zion is there too, hold that thought because that's not true either. And let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans about his fit with Zion Williamson because I see this every single year and it is entirely incorrect. And I'll explain why. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. I wore a pair of the Bird Dog shorts to the Tulane game the other day. I looked good and I was comfortable. They're made with this lighter material compared to, you know, stiff, restricting cotton. I was running around Yeoman Stadium saying hi to people, feeling confident because I look good in these shorts, a little bit slimmer through the thigh. So it makes you look fantastic. That light material, it was muggy. It was hot. I was staying cool, not getting too sweaty sweaty or anything like that. And they're stretchy. So when you're walking around, running around, it's not a problem whatsoever. I even have a pair of the bird dogs, uh, joggers that I wore to work. They look like work pants, slacks, dress pants, what have you, except it's made with the same material. So running from meeting to meeting, I'm super comfortable. They look sharp. No one knows the difference. I got to run back and forth to my car at times outside I've worn them to happy hour right after that. Bird dogs, they're just as versatile as it can be with that lighter cloud knit fabric that looks just like tacky, but it stretches. So instead of wearing these old stiff cotton shorts that you have, go out and give bird dogs a try. And if you go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free, you'll get a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. I have not taken them off all weekend long. That's how much I love wearing them. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. The number one Pelicans podcast coming to you like no one else is talking about Brandon Ingram and why you don't need to worry at all. Don't forget, live show Thursday, 7 p.m. Central this week. Back to the usual time after 6 p.m. last week. Was a lot of fun. I love answering your questions. We'll keep these going until the season starts, essentially. I might even be doing some of those during the season as well. I think that's going to be a big part of coverage and things like that. Maybe even going live at the arena after games, if I can make that work. And I think we should be able to. So I'm excited about what we might be able to do this season. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you want to support the channel, become an everyday or listen every single day and comment down below on YouTube. And if you're an everyday or just let me know you're an everyday or in those YouTube comments. Second listen, Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson, go. He does the live shows on Thursday sometime with me too. And we kind of do back to back and it's awesome. Just get an hour of Locked On New Orleans coverage right there. There's also Locked On LSU, by the way. We got a Locked On basically for everything. So let's keep talking about Brandon Ingram. I, I, I just don't care about the Team USA performance or struggles. I don't think there's really much to look at with it and try and kind of like be like, oh, this is bad news for the Pelicans or we need to worry about Brandon Ingram or Brandon Ingram ain't him, you know, or, or what have you. It, it's just, it's so different from what his role here is in New Orleans that I don't think it really matters. And I get people trying to kind of jump the gun on this one and, you know, say, well, if he's not adaptable with Team USA, is he going to be adaptable with, with Zion Williamson? That argument, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw me do like the frustrating like head roll, eye roll too, everything rolled. You know, that argument somewhat works like on paper, 
okay, yeah, Zion's ball dominant. They want to run point Zion and do other things too. Well, then BI needs to adapt. So here's where it falls apart though, because it, it's not valid. They've played together. They have played 93 games together as teammates. Brandon Ingram has a career average in games with Zion Williamson of 22.8 points per game. For his career in New Orleans, um, Brandon Ingram in four seasons has a points per game average of 23.7. It's less than a point below what his total average is. This dude is remarkably consistent with Zion or without Zion Williamson. He just knows how to play basketball and it works with this team. And that's the most important thing. His career average without Zion Williamson, which is 130 games, is 24.3. So you're about a point and a half difference there. That's fine. That's non-existent, right? At least in my opinion. The numbers and everything look very, very good. There hasn't been a problem whether Zion's out there or not out there. The field goal percentage overall remains basically the same. His three-point percentage is actually higher, 38.6% with Zion compared to 36.5% without Zion Williamson. The numbers are basically exactly the same. He averages about an assist more per game without Zion than he does with Zion. But again, you're splitting hairs with all of this. And it shows you that he can play with Zion Williamson. He's played a lot of games without him. He's played a bunch of games, not as many as we would like, with him. And he has still done the exact same thing. First season in New Orleans, all-star year, 23.8 points per game. Part of the year with Zion. Second year, no, uh, with Zion as well, 23.8 points per game. Third year, no Zion, 22.7. Fourth year, little bit with Zion and him missing a lot of games himself, 24.7. The numbers are so remarkably consistent. His shot selection, his shot profile has changed at times too. When Zion is out there versus when Zion is not. And he still does the thing. There is no question at all about whether he fits with Zion Williamson. The answer to that is yes. Anyone who says no isn't paying attention, isn't doing the kind of looking that you need to look at with this sort of thing. And they're just trying to say that because they don't know what else to say about this team. It's a, na it's a lazy national media narrative that these two don't fit together. Would we, would we like some changes in it? Yeah, I'd like Brandon Ingram to shoot a little threes a little bit more and a couple of things like that. We'll get into some of that stuff actually on Wednesday when I give you five reasons why Zion Williamson is in store for a big year. So there are little tweaks here and there, certainly. But to say that they don't fit is just complete BS, like entire BS, and doesn't really hold up. Here's the other thing. When you look at Brandon Ingram carrying the Pelicans down the stretch last season, as they kind of pushed towards that playing spot, tried to kind of get everything going, you know, he played some of the best basketball I think that we've ever seen in his career. The final 14 games of the season, he averaged 28.6 points per game. You're more worried about how he's doing in FIBA, which is an entirely different game than what he's playing in New Orleans than when he isn't playing the role that he normally plays? Or do you care more about the body of work last season? 
Larry Nance Jr. did this, the final 18 games or something he had done, and put those numbers out there compared to Brandon Ingram's six games or so with Team USA. Which one matters more? So anyone hung up on the Team USA stuff is missing the force for the trees, in my opinion, with this. 28.6 points per game. 8.1 assists. 6.6 rebounds. Shot 38% from three. On three attempts per game. The three-point attempts need to go up. I agree with that. He's good. He's good. Everything with Brandon Ingram, this Team USA stuff, is just BS that I've stopped caring about because the narrative around this jumped the shark. Y'all know me if you're an everydayer, if you've been listening to the show for a long time. I let people say their thing. Like I don't feel the need to come in and always correct national media with the team or other folks around the team. I just do my show, kind of stay in my lane and focus on my thing and put out the content that y'all want to hear. People are allowed to say stupid stuff. They're allowed to be wrong too. And I think it's a bad look when you're always trying to like kind of correct other folks with this sort of stuff. It also makes you look a little too like non-impartial and or too partial towards the team. And there's times when I need to remain a little bit impartial and, you know, call it as it is. I always tell y'all, I'll shoot you straight. And if I'm only ever like defending the team, I don't think it's tough, right? You get what I'm saying, I think. This one though, of these two players not fitting or the Team USA stuff, like, oh, this is just... Forest for the trees, everybody, and I think we've lost sight of, not we, some people, some national media have lost sight of that with the way that they're talking about Brandon Ingram. I think he is just fine. I really don't stress about what's going on because when you look at the numbers with Zion and everything, still good. Can change his shot profile, still put up remarkably consistent numbers. Can he tweak it a little bit more to be a little more efficient? Yeah, we'd like that. But overall... I don't know. This is not something that has stressed me out, bothered me, or anything like that with his play whatsoever out there on the court. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. You worried about Brandon Ingram? Are you worried about his quote-unquote struggles with Team USA? Or is it just like, oh yeah, with the Pelicans he's good and that's the most important thing, right? That's what I think it really might be. So let's talk about Jonas Valanciunas, consistent yet again. We talked a lot about him last week as well. You know, maybe they're looking, he wants an extension. Should they do it? I gave you my take on that. Let's talk about it a little bit more in depth next here on today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. We'll be back to five days a week before you know it. So become an everyday or stay up to date on what's a very big make or break year, I think, for the New Orleans Pelicans. And we're going to be covering it all. And I got some fun stuff planned and everything like that for y'all. That's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks and everything. Um, and your chance to kind of be involved in the show too. I'm going to need your Pelicans hot takes. I'm going to, I'm going to create a form. You can fill it out. Give me your hottest Pelicans take. And I might grade them on the show. Should be a lot of fun. So that's coming up here later in the summer of Lockdown Pelicans. And of course, Wednesday, why Zion Williamson is going to be having a very big season or reasons that he could and reasons why he should and what they need to do to make all of that happen. And then Thursday live show will answer your questions. Jonas Valanciunas in that win over Team USA 110-104 for Lithuania. Another 12 points as he does. Seven rebounds, two blocks. 
Very good play from him. He has been just straight up consistent throughout FIBA. Here's his games in order against Egypt, 15 points, 10 boards. Versus Mexico, 15 points, 12 boards. 11 points. Um, And then against Greece, 15 points, 9 rebounds. Team USA, 12 points and 7 boards. It was uh, Montenegro that he played where he scored 11. He is just consistent. You know, think about this when it comes to Brandon Ingram and why we want him to kind of, I don't want to use the term like alpha, right? Because I don't like that terminology with that stuff. You know, why you don't want him to just be a role player to minimize him. This team has injuries and it sucks. Sucks big time, doesn't it? Having Brandon Ingram kind of be himself and not kind of shift into a role player to be able to take over games when Zion Williamson's not there, which hopefully doesn't happen, but look, it's more likely than not. 28 point, whatever points per game it was, you know, over his final 14, you need him to do that. That's why you don't want to change his play style or have him change his play style too much. You know, with Valanchunas, knowing the injuries that this team has, is it worth keeping him because he is just a model of consistency? How much do you need to start accounting for like an insurance policy, essentially, for Zion Williamson or even Brandon Ingram, too? And CJ, who struggled at times last year with injuries and stuff. You know, if you know Jonas Valanciunas can go and do stuff like this, do you start to build that into your game plan more? I actually do think that's going to happen a little bit with their offense more um, under associate head coach James Borrego. But how much of... Insurance, how much insurance do you need? You know, what's the premium? What's the price that you're willing to pay on that sort of thing? Is it the luxury tax of $2.9 million? So that's what they're in right now. You could get under that, you know, if you dump Valanchunas for something else. But if he's going to be that consistent and you're factoring injuries and know that that might be a thing, maybe it's not something that you should do. Maybe you do need to end up keeping a guy like that to go out and, you know, be your focal point. And do you then try and get that through to the coaching staff, right? Part of the reason we've talked about trading Jonas Valanciunas is more, it's not you, it's it's us. You just don't fit, but you're a good player. It's just not what we're doing. Okay, do you then just try and make him fit then? Do you try and loosen things up, play more drop coverage on defense so that you can close games with him? Do you find a way to make him more of a focal point and let him eat and feast and do his thing offensively? Is that something the coaching staff needs to be kind of taking more of an angle with, more of an approach to? And I think you could argue yes. You should argue yes because he's under contract now and he's on the team, so you want to maximize the guys you have as is. I get you don't want to make wholesale changes, things like that, but if you can kind of build these in and that's part of your game plan on a a night-to-night basis from the start, then I do think it can end up being okay. But when he just does this, like it's what he does, right? He goes out and he's just a consistent player 14 points per game last season 17.8 the year before that 17.1 the year before 14.9 um with memphis in total the year he was traded from toronto to memphis 15.6 like he's just a consistent player you need that and we've seen him have big games 79 games played for the big man last year 74 the year before that no you know if you added up zion and bi they don't even hit the 74 number last season right So to get that kind of production from him, I think is a really important thing and something that maybe you really 
need, or they just get to 74. Maybe that's what it is. I can't remember now um, the total games played for both those guys, but it's close. So you need to have that kind of consistency and someone to at least be there on a night to night basis. And it's Valanciunas. So as much as people want to trade him, I could go either way on it. You know, it might be worth keeping some consistency on this team because it's something they've desperately needed for a little bit with all of the injuries. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We've talked a lot about Jonas Valanciunas the past week. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Back Wednesday, top five reasons why I don't, I haven't I come up with the name of the show yet, but we're going to do five things, four things around Zion Williamson and what he needs to do, what needs to happen for him to have a massive year this coming season. I've got some really good topics on that one, so it's going to be a lot of fun. See you Wednesday. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with y'all then.